I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now then, Beth McNinch not only is a viola player who's worked with orchestras from the London Symphony and the BBC Symphony, she's played as principal viola with both the RTE Symphony and concert orchestras. She's a composer and a solo performer, but she is the current holder, in fact, of the right record perform residency at Triscoll Arts Centre. And needless to say, this has allowed her to collaborate and create, compose and develop, and now direct and perform a multidisciplinary work in a performance this coming Friday called A Mother's Voice. Featuring Musici Ireland, which is a multi-instrumental chamber ensemble of which she is a founder, Beth has also collaborated with Linda and Irene Buckley on this, as well as incorporated film, sound and lighting design and some very important voice recordings. Yes, indeed. We're so sadly familiar with the awful history and indeed very recent history of the mother and baby homes in Ireland. And they, in fact, inspire this work, which is called A Mother's Voice. So I know it'll be so moving. Now, Beth began work on this in lockdown, but as she explained when we chatted yesterday on the phone, she was also coming from a place of personal reflection to this story. Well, I think like a a lot of things, when the world stopped, (laughs) it was um, during lockdown and... I kind of did a deep dive, I suppose, into loads of articles and, um, you know, I started having conversations with my mum and, you know, she's adopted and she kind of started telling me all of these things I'd never heard before. You know, I think when you're, once you're grown up, your your parents suddenly opens up a little bit more, you know, and, mm. and so she was actually adopted as an illegitimate child, you know, and and it kind of suddenly made sense to me, things looking back over my childhood and, and seeing how my mum is I suppose you know I mean she's a wonderful woman but you know she's always had this sort of you know she'd always call herself illegitimate you know it, it wow. stuck with her through her throughout her life you know and uh, wow. that sort of stigma I suppose we started talking about stigma and family and and the pressure of family and then I was reading all these articles and obviously you know getting it was one of those stories I think that just kind of haunts you you know when you can't let go of it and I, I really wanted to do something but then you're like oh I'm just one person what am I going to do and and then I was just like, well, maybe there's something as an artist, you know, to, to do a response to it, I suppose. You know, it's where art in, in, in history has been really important, you know, to tell stories and tell difficult stories. I think it's a wonderful medium, um, you know, that we have at our fingertips to, to help share that. And something that really struck me when reading these articles was there was kind of this running theme about women feeling like they weren't being heard and but their voices were being muted and all this, and this really was spinning around my head and right from the start, although I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do musically, I was like, I really want to actually have women's voices, you know, the actual survivors 
you know, recorded and, and have those voices as part of the piece, you know. And um, it was at that point I sort of contacted Irene Buckley at, um, at the first, first port of call, really, and, you know, she was delighted to be asked, and we started working on it together, and um, soon after, her sister Linda joined us, which is fantastic, you know. And it kind of grew from there. So it started as, like, a musical project, I suppose, and then... The multidisciplinary angle has really sort of developed over the last year. You know, whenever I see reports on the news, and they are there regularly, you see footage of various commemorative now burial areas or areas like in Tume where uh, they were hidden or denied uh, for so long and you see little baby shoes hanging and that sort of thing and it's mm. it's impossible to sort of articulate the depths and the layers of sadness that hit you as a person for whom there is no relationship whatsoever to a direct history. And yet to hear you talking about how your mum even would refer to herself down through all of those years is is so heartbreaking. And and I suppose to to be heard, like what you said is that you have included voices of mothers from the homes in this piece as well. And that is the important thing that for decades these girls, these young girls, these young women were not listened to and to give them their voice, to let it be a mother's voice is so important. And Oh my gosh, I can totally see how working with Irene and Linda Buckley would be such an enriching experience in terms of creating the soundscape and everything like that for this. Uh, it's not just musical though, there, there's, like you said at the top, that it is multidisciplinary. Mm, that's right, yeah. So, um as it, as it was developing, you know, I kind of had images in my head and and it, it took a while. Like, uh, my um, assistant creative director, Jane Hackett, and I were sort of having conversations about what can we add in, you know, and we, we, we worked with a, an artist friend Bimby Urquhart to, to actually work out some imagery. And the work we did with Bimby at the beginning was really sort of um, instrumental in us forming the visual idea and it was it was then that we sort of thought actually we we would like animation and it you know and, and I'd actually connected with Ava Bortolotto and Jack Kerwin right at the start of the project I actually had a conversation with them about it because they'd written um they'd, they'd already animated a, a kind of short film which I believe has just been long listed for the Oscars <laughs> um I think it's her song I always get it wrong it's her song or her story and it's a beautiful film. It was it was shown on the Late Late Show, um, so people might have seen that. And I was so moved by it, I actually felt compelled to write to them and say, you know, wow, you know, that was incredible, and I'm actually doing this other project. And we started this conversation, and, you know, animation is expensive. <laughs> so um, I knew that we weren't going to be able to do something as complete as they'd done in this film. But it kind of also didn't need that. I think, um, you know, as well, it was really important for the, the voices of the women that we've got. We've got Quaj, Deidre and Sheila. You know, it's so important to us that that's the central point of the piece, you know, so when all that's happening, but we don't want to take away from that, you know. So the animation is, they've done it so beautifully. It just kind of comes in and out like... And and it's kind of what you're seeing in your head and you suddenly see it on the screen in front of you and it really, it just really helps to sort of clarify what they're saying and it's just really beautifully done and, and they've really created this lovely sort of almost sense of hope at the end of it, which we also felt was quite important 
as a performance but everyone didn't leave feeling oh god <laughs> you know because <laughs> obviously it's really difficult and it's really hard and, and it is emotional and it's actually as as our, as our production manager said the other day it's an it's a real ouch to watch and listen to but it's this sort of ouch that we need to have <laughs> and I think that's a really lovely way of putting it actually you know but it, it's important but we do feel that you know and then, actually, as the audience arrive into the space in Triscoll, they'll walk into this incredible set that Bridget Nadeau has made for us um, with beautiful lighting by Anne McNinch. And it's it's really gorgeous. It's very subtle. It's, it's beautiful, flowing material. And but she's actually stenciled excerpts from the interviews on the sheets that are hanging and beautifully lit. And it's, it's just a really... The soundscape at that point will already be going. So it's a really immersive experience. It's like you're, we want everyone to feel like they're in this world the minute they walk in the door, you know? Yes, it's not just a, a sit-down performance. This, this is a walk-through immersive exhibit. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so we want people to come and, and just relax and take their time, you know, getting to their seat and exp- explore this this journey from the door to their seat, basically. And then the music will take us on the the journey and we hear the beautiful stories as well, you know. I tell you, Beth, it sounds amazing. It sounds so different. (laughs) I can well see how it would be two years in the making, immersive and consuming as it would be. But it also sounds important. And it is in Triscoll for just one night only. It is on only on Friday night. There's one performance at eight o'clock and that's... That's it. And I know you are donating all the performance uh, proceeds and things like that to the Domestic Violence Information and Support Service, which is really wonderful as well Mm -hmm. uh, to see. But for you and for those who have um, been working on this, I imagine it's been a hugely emotional journey. Has your mum had a chance to see or hear any of it or have you shared much of it with her since? No, I've actually purposefully kept it a secret because she's flying over um, to see it, which I'm really delighted about. you know, it's going to be really special to have her there. And um, that's, yeah, like you say, it's been a few years and, and she's heard a lot about it. And <laughs> um, But I, I kind of decided I wouldn't share stuff with her. You know, she's mm-hmm. obviously seen the, the bits and bobs that we've put up online. But yeah, I, you know, I'm really interested to see her <laughs> reaction to it. It's always nice to have your mum somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sure you are. Well, you know, it sounds like the most incredible work to be coming out of the first Write, Record, Perform residency in Triscoll. And as you said, people should be watching out for the um, applications indeed to further residencies being uh, released from Triscoll as well, for sure. But congratulations to you and to all your collaborators uh, on this particular work. Friday night, as we said, again, only just eight o'clock. Tickets are only 10 euro for it and people can check the Triscoll website on triscollartcentre.ie for that. But Beth McNinch, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for talking to me. And can I just add as well that, um, you know, as well as the support we got from Triscoll, um, the Arts Council have also really given us a lot of support for this. So, you know, thank you to them for making this project, you know, help bring it to fruition. It's very important to us. So thanks for the support. It was a terrible time. It was a terrible stigma. And um, you were blacklisted. A door wouldn't open for you, and nobody was there to assist or help you. And some of them never found their babies. They're still looking. But we we are the only ones to have the collective memory of the atrocities that happened. I just 
delighted to have my voice heard. Wow, that's wow. just a, a small clip from it. Um, it's called A Mother's Voice and you can see it in Triscoll this coming Friday and it is there just for one night only and my sincere thanks to Beth McNinch for talking to me about it. It sounds like a really tremendous project mm-hmm. and a, the most incredible project in fact to come out of the writing uh, residency at Triscoll as well. And as Beth said, you know, you should keep your eye out and in fact be applying, 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 applying away if a residency like that is something that would interest you or challenge you or excite you in some way. Some very funny uh, texters out there <laughs> trying to text in. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.